Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable, because this is Graveyard Tales. Well, hey, hey, hey. How are you tonight, Matt? I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I've got uh, freshly trimmed toenails, and I'm feeling spry. And <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I think I was stepping on them when I walked in. Yeah, you may have been. I, I don't clean those up except <laughs> once a week. I vacuum them up. Uh, but I noticed something that I just had to get out of the way. is, And I've been noticing this for weeks. It's not a, a new occurrence, but everywhere you go, there's Christmas music. Oh, yeah. Like, everywhere you go. You can't turn on the radio without hearing it. You can't walk in the gas station with a jingle bell. You know, it's just, it drives me nuts. And it's not that I'm a Scrooge and don't like Christmas, but, oh my God, write a new Christmas song. <laughs> it's the same 12 Christmas songs by 3,000 different artists. Oh, yeah. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate of uh, people calling there's me only, a Scrooge. There's and, only like, you know, a dozen or so. Yeah. Actual and, Christmas song. Right. And you hear, you know, Bing Crosby doing it all the way up to Miley Cyrus and everybody doing, you know, hell, I mean, Slayer's got a Christmas album. Slay, I've got the uh, limited edition Vanilla Ice Christmas album. So You know, I might listen to that. I've not heard <laughs> that. I might listen to that. But I saw a study um, the other day that said listening to Christmas music a lot will actually drive a person mad like it's been scientifically proven i don't know how much i believe that i'll have to ask dr cogs about it and see if he can legitimize that or not but uh it sounds about right to me because it really drives me nuts like hearing it everywhere drives me mad i'm not allowed to listen to it in the car yeah well that causes road rage yeah i'm not allowed to turn it on yeah the I hear dreaming of a white Christmas and I start plowing into cars and flipping people off. It's horrible. <laughs> but real quick, we wanted to remind everybody about our Christmas episode. I know we're a little early, but we need y'all's stories. Yeah, we need your help. Send us in your stories, whether it's a personal experience, uh, whether it's a story that you heard that you really like, whether it's something that you read and you think is cool. Send it in. If you're a writer and you write stories, send us that. That would be cool. Right. Remember, we are we are going to relive the old Victorian tradition of telling spooky ghost stories around the fire on Christmas Eve. So uh, we, we need those stories. So yep. send them in. We've already got a few, and I appreciate those of you that have sent them in. Uh, but keep them coming because we want to make a nice, long, full episode for you guys. Um, now real quick, before we get into the topic of tonight, uh, I wanted to mention that our buddy Rob Christofferson has a podcast coming up that's going to actually drop a, basically a teaser episode at the end of this month, right after Christmas. Um, and then the actual full episode will drop in January. No, no, I can't wait. Yeah, me either. I mean, uh, Rob is, he's. I don't know how to put it. I mean, he's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to UFO sightings in the U.S. and really all over. But he's focusing um, on his podcast called Our Strange Skies, focusing on U.S. sightings. 
and he's probably my favorite ufologist and I'm going to pronounce it wrong just to get under his skin, but he's my favorite ufologist. <laughs> You're welcome, Rob. Anyway, let's go ahead and listen to him. We'll play a little trailer for his uh, for his show, and then we'll get right back to it. It was Paul Hellier, the former Canadian Minister of Defense, that said, UFOs are as real as airplanes flying overhead. And here at the Our Strange Skies podcast, we're going to take that seriously. Starting in January, we'll be looking into UFO events, incidents, and myths that make up our American identity, from the pre-Roswell era to the post-Roswell era. We'll be covering some of the lesser-known incidents, like the Aztec UFO crash of 1948, John Everill's colonial UFO encounter, and Robert Richardson's 1967 brush with the Men in Black. We'll also be covering some of the more well-known incidents, like the Roswell crash, and doing in-depth profiles on people like J. Allen Hynek, Sergeant Clifford Stone, and many more. Look out for the Our Strange Skies podcast in January. In the meantime, don't forget to look up, because you never know what you'll find in Our Strange Skies. In Gray We Trust. All right, so that was Rob. And Rob, you're absolutely right, In Gray We Trust. Um, he has a Facebook group that is actually In Gray We Trust. So I want to send all of y'all over there. Go join his group. Get in on it from the ground floor up so that you know when things are coming out, you can see it. He posts a lot of cool UFO sighting articles and all that stuff that you would like. Um, he's also on Twitter. You can go Our Strange Skies on Twitter. Um, just get in on it before he starts. That way you're there because I'm I'm excited. I'm ready for this. Yeah, me too. So let's go ahead and get into our topic for tonight, one that, I know you really are excited about. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? All right. Tonight, we are talking about probably the most haunted location in the state of Tennessee and one of the most haunted locations in the United States, and that is the old South Pittsburgh Hospital in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Right. And this, like Matt said, this is a very active a uh, very active site and it's been the the land has been active for a while just with people living on it and everything in 1778 there was a native american tribe that lived there um and they you know that was their home where they farmed and cultivated and hunted and all this and during the civil war they allowed troops from the north to store supplies on that land. And a little later, it was actually, uh, the town was founded, like legitimately founded in 1873. Um, it was a stop stopping point for a ferry that would transport troops to the battlegrounds from the north and the south and just a very active military area. A um, lot of like Civil War burials there, marked and unmarked. Um, just a very active area. And the hospital itself uh, opened in 1959, and it it was active all the way up until 1998 when it finally closed down. And everybody, basically, it, it made way for the new hospital that opened up in Jasper. Right. Um, 
But back in the 1920s, there was a large plantation area that was there that, unfortunately, during its time of being active, a huge fire burned it to the ground and seven kids lost their life in that fire. So they're again adding to, you know, the death and the 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 negative energies and everything of that area. And Matt has Matt dove headlong into this subject in this area and everything. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Matt. He's going to lead you through this because he is probably besides the people that live there and run the place now, he he knows more about it than anybody else I know. So Matt, go ahead. So before we get into South Pittsburgh Hospital specifically, um, you want to talk a little bit about how we've mentioned places that are more active because of the energy there, an event or events that have happened there, as Adam mentioned in the history um, of the land where the hospital is. But why why a hospital? You know, why why would you think a hospital would be haunted? Um, you know, there's a lot of energy in a hospital and a lot of death. Right. You know, that's one thing that you cannot escape in a hospital is is death. I mean, it, it it's there um, you know, more so probably than than any any other any other location. Yep. You know, so it experiences a lot. Um, and, and yes, it's, it's an abandoned hospital. Um, you know, when it closed its doors, it was done. You know, I was like, go home, don't come back. Right. Um, so it's, it's not a situation where, well, once they closed the doors, all these ghosts decided, Hey, here's a good place to move yeah, into. I'm just going to move in. And- um, there are reports that the activity in this hospital began from the minute that they opened. Nurses, former employees, um, you know, physicians, uh, even even family members of patients who were there reported that there were strange things that went on while the hospital was going on. Why wouldn't people have noticed this? Why why wouldn't it have this reputation as being a haunted hospital? Well, if you've ever been in a hospital, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of staff. And they've got jobs to do. And there's phones that ring and there's there's patients that are asking for help. So a lot of this stuff that we talk about when we talk about a, a, a building, a location being haunted, it's very subtle. You know, I mean, you know, these are not the places where somebody's going to jump out and go boo. Right. Uh, you've really got to got to work at this stuff. Yeah, it's not going to be like a ghost or entity or poltergeist comes out and pushes you down a flight of stairs or exactly. anything to get your attention. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not sitting out going, Hey, come on in, sit down and talk yeah. to me for a little while. Yeah. I mean, you know, EVP recordings, um, you know, disembodied voices, orbs, this stuff would go unnoticed in a, in a routine, busy hospital. Right. But, you get all the people and all the noise and all the activity out. Some of this stuff begins to be a little bit more obvious uh, to not necessarily the trained eye, but but to anyone that that would would go in there. Right. I don't know if anybody's ever been in a large 
open building and be like one of the only two or three people that are in there, you can hear a pin drop and it echoes. And especially in like a hospital where there's no carpet, you know, it's all glass and tile and, and hard walls and everything. So it's going to echo. Everything's going to be loud. You can hear a mouse fart down the hallway. Sure. You know, it's, so it's not like you have to be exactly, you know, trying to hear something. But if you're in there by yourself and there's nothing else, you're going to hear some stuff. Yeah. And a lot of those things you'll hear, you can dismiss. Just like when you sleep in your house at night and it's quiet, you hear the little things. You hear the ice maker. You hear the floors creak. You know, you hear, you know an acorn fall out of a tree and hit your roof. And you hear all that stuff, but there's always those things that you hear that you can identify. Right. You know, a lot of times you're going to hear stuff that you just can't identify or worse. You can identify it and it scares the crap out of you. You know exactly what it is. (laughs) That was the door that I just came through closing again behind me. Right. Um, so uh, we talked about why a hospital, why this hospital? Well, um, believe it or not, and, and if you believe it, there is one of the only ley lines in Tennessee that runs within two miles of the location of this hospital. Um, you know, ley lines, if, if, you're, if you're into this, these were lines of energy that flow across the earth. And a lot of people have done study. I'm not going to get into what ley lines are tonight. You know, that's that's that could be a whole show by itself. But if you if you study into this, you look at ley lines and almost 100% of the time a lot of your quote-unquote paranormal activity will occur along these lines. You know, you can find them all over the globe, but, you know, this place is really active. This cemetery is really, really active. And people will investigate and say, well, there's a ley line that runs right through this thing. So there's a lot of earth energy there. Right. And the people that really study this believe that, you know, the the activity, the, the you know, spirits, whatever will occur along these lines and and that's an explanation for why one place may be really active as opposed to another place you know so right. um, but there is a ley line in Tennessee that runs within 2 miles of the location of the South Pittsburgh Hospital and another possible explanation for the amount of activity is kind of like we talked about if you listen to our first episode with the Thomas House there is this hospital sits on a limestone bed. Right. And underneath this limestone bed, there is a natural spring with an underground river of sorts that runs underneath it. So as we talked in the Thomas House episode, if if it's something that you believe there are spirits attracted to areas like that because that creates a natural sort of energy or Mm -hmm. a battery or memory device or whatever you want to call it for 
paranormal activity and holding memories of an area. Right. So um, there's a connection. You you know, you, we're showing a connection between two locations in the same state. Right. You know, Red Bull in Springs, Tennessee, South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, two locations um, considered very, very haunted, you know, you know, by the people that investigate these things. Um, both have springs, limestone, running water, uh, just kind of a magnet for, for this kind of energy and this kind of activity. Um, so let's talk about the South Pittsburgh Hospital. So as Adam mentioned, opened in 1959. It was, uh, it was built by four doctors who uh, came together and decided they were going to start you know, their own hospital. So the hospital opens up. 1959, they started admitting patients. And it wasn't just a hospital. I mean, there were physician's offices there. Uh, there was a dentist's office there. Uh, for the time, it was the, the full-service healthcare center for that area. And that area is South Pittsburgh. It sits right at the foothill of uh, the South Pittsburgh Mountain. Well, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, South Pittsburgh Mountain. Uh, yeah, South Pittsburgh Mountain. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, um, and actually we, we it's just, right outside we just of Chattanooga. Drove, yeah, it's right. It's, it's, it's on the Nashville side of Chattanooga. Um, I just drove through South Pittsburgh this weekend. Um, didn't, didn't go to the hospital, didn't have time, but had, was, you know, past South Pittsburgh on interstate 24, um, you know, heading towards Chattanooga. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of history in those mountains down there too. So. Um, really interesting that this hospital would be the one that's the most haunted around. But uh, um, getting into some of the stories that uh, have come out come out of the South Pittsburgh Hospital, um, babies crying. You know, no babies. Right. You can hear babies crying. Um, there's uh, shadow people, uh, full body apparitions, disembodied voices. Uh, in fact, the hospital has been called the EVP capital because of the sheer number of EVPs that have been captured there. Yep. Um, if you if you enjoy listening to those kind of things, um, seeing these EVP video recordings and whatnot, there is a wealth of YouTube videos for this. And I know we, we reference back to some of these um they're a good way to kind of experience this stuff without actually being there. Um, and I think we've kind of made our take on EVP recordings um, pretty well known. Some of these you're going to listen to, it sounds like a dude in the background going, hey, where's my lunch? Right. You know. Right. It's, <laughs> and then some it's are so, so... It's so clear yeah, that it's, it, it's just really, you know, you yeah. you feel like there is a guy that... As as he's recording, he's telling this guy, you know, off to the side of the camera to say something, and he's like, "Get out of my hospital," <laughs> you know. And Leave you're like, my room, yeah, you're like, dude, okay, that you're where's, right there. Where's the bedpan? Yeah, <laughs> I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that kind of that kind of tickled me. Yeah. For a minute. Well, I, it made me think of that. I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, if exactly. I ever hear an EVP that says that, I know it's fake. Yeah. And some of these are so faint and you're just, you're, they're telling you what they, what they said. And I'm like, I can't hear anything. Yeah. But there are some really, really good ones. Um, people answering questions. 
Yeah. Um, you know, appropriately, not just words, but I mean, you're you're hearing actual answers to questions, and we're going to get into some of that, some of the spirits there that um, that have actually identified themselves um, and answered questions and communicated back and forth, not just um, during EVP sessions, but actual audible voices that's been captured during video. So um, some some really cool and creepy stuff down there. Footsteps, doors slamming, heavy beds being moved. Um, you know, you're going to hear all of this. Okay. Um, and it's one thing to understand, too. The hospital is is now, it's, it's owned by the uh, Old South Pittsburgh Hospital Ghost Hunts LLC. That's, it's OSPH Ghost, Ghost Hunts LLC. Um, they do nothing but ghost hunts at this place. And it is actually what they call a para-alternative research center where, you know, aspiring paranormal investigators can go down and, and train and learn and use equipment. There are 16 infrared cameras stationed throughout the hospital. Um, they were put there by the, the ghost hunt folks. Uh, you can use them if you choose. They can record your hunt. Uh, anyone can go. Right. It, it books out. I think Adam checked. It's booked out like six to eight months in advance. Yeah. It, so you can, you can, cause you can choose to spend like just a, a evening there or you can spend the whole weekend the whole weekend, and camp out in like the break room or something. Cause the break room is the only spot that they've got electricity in. Right. So it's like basically camping out in this big hotel. And I looked at it. I thought, okay, we could go, you know, it would be cool for us to go do something like that. And we would we would have to plan this probably i think it was 7 months from now is when yeah. the first opportunity to do it was and it was like just a you got one day basically mm-hmm. to do it if you wanted a a full weekend you're talking 10 months out yeah. you know it's yeah, we could it's do this crazy. next year right so. and we may do that go ahead and yeah. set it up for next year and we'll <laughs> do something yeah and and uh, you can go in in huge groups but they, they're one of the only places that will actually let you go alone. And when you go, you are unchaperoned. They, they lock you in. Right. Uh, they make sure you're safe, um, but you're there. And you can do whatever you want. You know, walk around. It's pretty much full access, which yep. is almost unheard of. It really for is. Any, yeah. any of these type of events. Um to just be able to roam around and do whatever you like and, you know, and stay and sleep. And yeah, it's your hospital for the yeah, weekend. You got it. I mean, so, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a pretty cool idea, but you know, for somewhere that's this active, I mean, investigators come from all over the world to go to this place. Yeah. So again, you know, check out, check out some of those videos. If you're interested in what the hospital looks like or hearing some of the EVPs, but you know, now, we're going to get into to some of the ones that, that come up most often. Um, one, of the, um, <clears throat> one of the most famous spirits that um, resides in the, uh, in the hospital is a lady named Nellie. Now, Nellie was a patient, and she was on the psychiatric ward. Now, I read an interview where... Nellie's niece was still alive 
and did an interview with one of the caretakers that was there back in 2011, 2012. She said, um, you know, Nellie had dementia. So family would come visit her. She wouldn't really be aware. She would just be talking, you know, to these people that were there. She didn't, she wasn't able to understand who they were, why they were there. She was just happy that there was somebody willing to come talk to her. My great grandmother actually had dementia and I helped take care of her through that. So that it is one of those things that they may know one person, but for the most part, they really don't know who you are. They really don't know where they are. They could think they're at home still and that it's, you know, 1940 and they're 12 years old and, you know, it weird how your brain works. Right. Yeah. So this was Nellie and according to the records, Nellie had schizophrenia and, you know, so a, a mental illness like schizophrenia on top of dementia can create a lot of problems for an individual. Well, Nellie would, would wander. She would walk. She would roam the halls. In fact, her niece uh, was quoted as saying she was surprised there wasn't a groove worn in the carpet up and down the hallway because she was just constantly going back and forth. Well, unfortunately, Nellie passed away in the hospital. Okay, but her spirit seemed to stick around. And so people have gone and there's uh, they've gone in there and and done EVP sessions where they've tried to communicate with Nellie and gotten a lot of communication back. Um, one in particular asked Nellie, what, um, were you here because of a mental disorder? And the answer pretty plainly is schizophrenia. Um, there's other ones where an investigator, you know, is in there and he's asking Nellie questions and, he says, do you want to talk to me? I'm here. I'm here to talk to you. You can talk to me. Just talk, talk into any of these, these devices that I have here. And you hear, you're just like the rest. You know, pretty, pretty clear, um, but it doesn't sound artificial. Um, and you'll hear some moaning, you know, sometimes crying uh, right around the area where Nellie is supposedly most active, um, which I believe is right around rooms two and three on the, on the third floor. Right. Which we'll get into the third floor being really, really active here in a bit. Um, but there's a, a, a lot of communication that's gone back and forth uh, with Nellie. Um, she, does, uh, she does have a tendency to, to like male investigators. She's a little bit more active. They said in life, she was a lot friendlier with the male staff. You know, not necessarily mean to the female staff, but more receptive to to male nurses and orderlies and that kind of stuff, and is much more responsive to male investigators. So, um, if you're if you're following up on any of this, you'll see a lot of the a lot of the males that are trying to communicate with Nellie will get a better response than some of the females. And if it's a male female team, um, they may not even mention Nellie because it doesn't come up in yeah. their investigations. So. Well, there is one video that you can find on YouTube and they're in Nellie's room and there is a balloon in Nellie's room. And 
There was no explanation as to why there was a balloon. I, I assume they brought it for purposes of investigation because I know a lot of people like to bring balloons because they're a lightweight, easy thing for a spirit to manipulate rather than something heavier. So they bring the balloons and it's one, it's a balloon hanging in the middle of the floor with one of the little weights on the end of it and it's not moving. And they ask if Nellie can, you know, make the balloon move to show that she hears them, that she understands. And you see the balloon itself start to turn one way. And, you know, they said, thank you. And they said, can you stop it? And it stops. And, you know, the guy filming, he he looks up and down the string so that you can see that it's not actually moving across the floor, that it's just the balloon itself spinning. And they ask her to spin it the other way, and she actually can spin it the other way. Um, they ask for her to, like, squeeze the balloon or grab the balloon, and she doesn't do that. But she is able to turn the balloon in two different ways, where if it was, say, a draft or something like that, it would always be going in the same direction, or it would be moving across the floor, and it wasn't. It was just sitting in one place and spinning. Right. So that's pretty much Nelly. I mean, maybe maybe the one of the most famous um, spirits that is called by name in the hospital. Um, some other ones that uh, that have either had names or been been given names. Buddy. Buddy is a two to three year old child. Um, that supposedly died in the hospital. Buddy is the given name. They don't have any records that said this was a patient named Buddy. Um, but their uh, Buddy can be heard uh, asking investigators to play with him or to pick him up. Right. Um, there's supposedly thermal video of Buddy um, that I I never could find. But I I read it in uh, one of the interviews, um, but I wasn't able to locate that, so I'm not sure that that actually exists. But you know, Buddy is another one of these these child spirits, and we all know how those freak out about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those I skim over now. You know, it's like oh, a kid <laughs> ghost. I'll it's let a kid ghost. I'll let Matt out. deal with that. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing it. Yeah, so I researched all the kids. Yeah. So, uh, one of the other kids uh, was a young girl. Uh, roughly about six to seven years old, during uh, a heavy rainstorm, there was a flood, and she was actually washed down a storm drain. And the injury that she sustained says nearly decapitated her. What um, what I read also was that it essentially took the top of her head off. That I think that's probably more accurate. Mm. Anyway, she was a patient in the hospital when they rescued her from the storm drain. Um, and the hospital just embraced her. You know, everybody loved her. They knew her. I mean, you got to realize this is not a huge community. So chances are the majority of the staff knew this child or knew her family. Right. Um, South Pittsburgh is a small town. Yeah. So, you know, even... Um, even if you didn't know them personally, you know, younger patients, you know, always draw the staff, you know, that, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to see something happen to a child. Right. So 
you just have this, you know, your heart goes out, you know, for a, for an injured child. And so the hospital really rallied around this young girl. Um, and unfortunately she died during surgery. And the report was, is that after this little girl died, there was a depression that fell over the hospital, whether it was just the mood of the staff or something about the hospital itself changed, that there was just this weight, you know, in the hospital. There, there was just something was not right. Um, and a lot of, lot of formal, former staff described that, that feeling of just this heaviness, this weight. And I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that in places so they know what you're talking about. You go yeah. in a place and it not necessarily oppressive in one definition, but just it, it overtakes you and it does, you know, it's that you get the heaviness in your chest and it just, there's something not right. You know, there's something that is weighing down on you when you enter a building or a room or something. I'm sure right. we've all yeah. experienced that. You know, and, and some of it is brought on by your own emotions. You know, right. Some, you know, that's psychosomatic. Why, yeah. That's why, that's why parents who have lost a child will keep up the room and, but they never go in there. Those kind of things. There's just a lot of emotion attached to that. And you feel that when you go in there and you, you can feel it when you enter in somewhere like that. You know, even if you, you weren't personally touched by it, you can go in and just kind of feel the, the energy. In right. There. Well, so that's the way the hospital was after this, this little girl's death. The reports are that right around the operating room where she passed, you can hear her talking. You can hear laughter. Um, you know, she she teases and plays with, you know, investigators. And and the stories about this little girl go back to when the hospital was still in operation. You know, that those, those could, things could be heard. And she had a stuffed pig that either was a gift or it was hers and it was, you know, like her teddy bear, but it was a stuffed pig. You can hear um, like mocking pig noises and laughter, almost like she's she's playing or, or, or teasing with you. Um, and that's right around one of the operating rooms. Um, one, of, uh, one of the other uh, uh, known uh, entities that's there is Nurse Betty. Nurse Betty was an actual nurse that worked in the hospital during its operation, died of a heart attack in one of the bathrooms. So it said that Nurse Betty haunts one of the bathrooms in the hospital. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're <laughs> sitting in there and you, you can't right. reach the toilet paper, just ask Nurse yeah, Betty. You may, have, you may get a helping <laughs> hand you didn't want. You know. Yeah. Well, so, she's a nurse, and so I'm sure she's yeah, used she's, to. She's seen it all. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Here's your TP, honey. So, and there's an there's another one of a of a patient named Wade. Um, Wade came in, and he was going through detox, and uh, he gets real upset. We'll tell you to get out of his room. Uh, tell you to go away, and um, sometimes you'll hear him cry for help. So. Again, a lot of a lot of former patients, a lot of former staff um, that are still there, right? And don't want you there, and don't want you there. So, um, but a lot of these things are very 
interesting and innocuous. You know, they're they're the typical things that, you know, Adam and I have talked about on this show before. Um, you know, an apparition, uh, an orb, some disembodied voices, some EVPs. A mist out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a fun Halloween weekend. But it's not all that. Right. And there's, there's a lot of activity that is much more ominous. And that takes place on the third floor. Right. Again, as Adam mentioned, the, the break room that still has power um, and running water and whatnot is all located on the second floor. And everything I read from prior investigations said that the second floor, everybody kind of feels okay. You know, that's that's where patient rooms are that guests, as they call them, or investigators, that's where they'll sleep. That's where they store their food. That's where they can go to the bathroom. There's not really any activity there. Home base. You got it. Um, but on the floor above, that's where the majority of the activity begins to occur. Um, but while you're on the second floor, you can hear doors opening and closing upstairs. You can hear footsteps walking above you. Um, so it's almost inviting. Come up here. And, and inviting see, for and those of us that on. are weird. That's right. You know, some people go, yeah. nope, hell no, I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving Haunted Hospital. I'm out. Yep, done. You know, I think if you got that far, you know. Oh, yeah. You might as well. I mean, My dumb know, somebody, butt would. Somebody convinced you, hey, let's go stay the night at the Haunted Hospital. Yeah. Well, you're this far. So. Yeah. My dumb butt would go chasing after him. I'd, <laughs> I'd be the guy that literally would get smacked in the forehead or tripped going yeah. down the stairs because I'm like, oh, hey, somebody's hollering at me. I'm going to go follow him. Yeah. So one of the patients on the third floor is named Hazel. And Hazel was one of the saddest cases um, at the hospital. Uh, Hazel, she was uh, she was brought in uh, from from a nursing home for mental observation. After a few days, they determined that they needed to move her to the psych unit, still on the third floor. Uh, after a little bit longer stay. Uh, Hazel died from an infection. The reports are that you can hear Hazel screaming when you're up there on the third floor around the psych unit. And if the stories are to believe are to be believed, I can't talk. Um, this is a scream that you will never ever forget. So this is not was that somebody screaming? This is Holy crap, that was somebody screaming. Yeah, it's, it sounds like someone getting gutted. <laughs> yeah, so the, she's also been recorded um, telling people to leave, telling people to turn back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's she's not happy that you're there, you know. Um, and I got to say, if I'm standing up there and I'm hearing I'm hearing a scream, I, I'm, I'm probably going to leave. Yeah, you're probably not happy you're there either. No, not at all. Um, there is a voice of a male patient on the third floor that died from tuberculosis. You can hear him crying out, help me, help me, help me. Um, several EVPs that are on uh, YouTube of that. There's, um, there's some EVPs of, that have been attributed to the tuberculosis patient of saying, um, 
Somebody asking, have the doctors been by to see you? No, not today. And that one's pretty, pretty clean. Yeah. You know, it, it, it sounds fairly legit. Um, some of these, uh, somebody asked, you know, are, are you sick? And the response was, no, I'm dead. You know, so, um, like I said, they're, they're answering questions, you know, an intelligent haunting and, rather than a memory. Yeah. You know. So, you know, it's, it's active. It, it's not a residual. Right. Although some people have reported seeing, um, seeing doctors, you know, pass by in the hallway, you know, that that's more of what we talk about, you know, a residual, you know, haunting, you know, um, a strong memory that's left over. And, you know, you see that movement out of the corner of your eye and you're like, that looks like a doctor that just yeah. And they by. usually, it, it's always the same path, the same right. area. They will retrace that step that they made in life thousands of times. They're continuing through death, making that same track to a patient's room or something like that. It doesn't move with you. You, you know, it doesn't happen in multiple rooms. It's always in the same area. Yeah. Um, but one of the, one of the scariest things about the hospital is the shadow man and the shadow There's man, always a shadow, man. always, always. And why? Then, why? <laughs> and, and if, if you're listening to this, you've probably heard people talk about shadow people and, the shadow people stuff is is really really scary. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll touch on that at some point. Yeah, we're we're gonna delve into that, you know, at a later time. But the the shadow man that that lurks at the end of the hall on the third floor of the old South Pittsburgh Hospital, he is not happy that you're there at all, and would prefer that you left, and will do things to encourage you leaving. Um, you know. He's been verbally abusive, um, using foul language. You know, there's EVPs of, of him saying "f off," uh, "get out," "leave," you know, "get the hell out of my hall," those kind of words. Um, so you can you can tell this whatever this entity is doesn't appreciate the fact that there are people in there poking around. Kind of a jerk. Um, and, and there are photographs and videos of what they say is the shadow man. Um, you know, you, you can see a dark shadow, you know, where you wouldn't expect a shadow to be. I mean, if you're standing on the third floor, you're in at night, you're in pitch darkness. Um, and if, so if you're shining a flashlight around, you know, shadows are going to bounce in weird directions, but there are some photographs that were taken during the day and it's a hospital. So I mean, there's windows everywhere. Yep. Um, so you know, lights coming in, and here's a here's a dark shadow um, seen at the end of the hall in a place where there shouldn't be a shadow, or there shouldn't be a shadow that dark, and it certainly shouldn't be moving. Right. You know. So um, there there is a video that uh, I showed Adam when I got here tonight. Um, it's uh, it's from a hunt where. You know, some some guys were on the third floor. They were setting up some infrared cameras, and one of the camera guys kind of just quit responding back. And so the other guy goes down to check on him, and he's and he's sitting kind of huddled in the floor, leaning against the wall, and he's and he's crying, and he's not really talking. Um, he pulls his headphones off. He drops his camera, 
And he gets up and just starts kind of staggering down the hall. And he goes, we got to get off this floor. And the video goes on, um, you know, well, they're back on the second floor and they're asking him what was going on. And I mean, they're actually, they're, they're hugging this guy. I mean, he's in tears. He's sobbing. Yeah. Like he, a mental breakdown. Almost. You know, it looks like a panic attack. Yeah. If you've ever seen anybody have a panic attack, um, which, you know, your mind can play tricks on you and stuff like this. And if you kind of believe something's messing with you, even if it's not, it's going to feel like something's messing with you. Yeah. But what he describes is that he, he felt his eyes burn, you know, so bad. And he, he had never experienced anything like that before. Um, but he, he felt this, this sadness, like, like the saddest that he's ever been just, just consume him. And something pushing him to tell him he needed to get out of there. He said he just had this urge that I've got to get off of this floor. Um, so it, it really, really shook him up. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's a neat story. It you know you be easily easily faked, right? But you know, again, um, we weren't there. We don't. We know. don't know. You know, I'm not going to tell somebody what did or didn't happen. Um, but. You know, it's it's a good it's good enough that it just makes this place even more interesting. If he was acting, he was a good actor. That's right. That's right. So, you know, like I said, not everything there is all, you know, hugs and kisses and you know, yep. hey, come talk to the ghost. You know, friendly some nurse them, handing you toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> some of them don't some of them don't want to talk to you. Right. Some of them want you to get the hell out of there. Yep. So um the, another one that uh, he, he's not, uh, he may he he may be friendly, he he may not be friendly. They they call him the hissing man, and he's in the biohazard room or in that area. And if you approach the biohazard room, the sensation that investigators have reported is that somebody walks up right behind you, and everybody's had that happen. You know, somebody comes right up behind you and you're like, oh, my God, what? Yeah. Well, you get that feeling that somebody has just quickly walked up right behind you, but then you turn around and there's nothing there. Um, But the hissing man has been seen and heard and will typically make kind of a a whispery hey. But what they've seen is, is a figure that seems to be motioning people into the biohazard room. So that's what I said. You know, maybe he's got candy in there or something. Maybe. You know. Maybe. You got a but, cheeseburger, I'm coming in. But usually, you know, you know, a creepy old guy going, hey, come in here. Come in here, little right. boy. I tend to avoid. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Like I said, unless he's got a cheeseburger, then we might talk. That's right. You know. Um, but one of my one of my favorites, just because it I think it's hilarious, is um down in the basement they have uh they have something they call the naughty nurse. And so uh It's the only reason to go there. That's, that's the only reason to go. <laughs> so uh so the naughty nurse really likes likes male investigators. And she will touch them, touch their cheek, touch them in other places. Other cheeks. <laughs> other cheeks. <laughs> and and there's been reports that people have felt that. And uh you know, their clothes being tugged or the front of their pants being touched. And I'm like, now that is a haunting. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's one of those that you're hoping for that kind of haunting rather than the the shadow man, you know. It, it reminds me of the scene in Ghostbusters where Dan Aykroyd's laid in the bed, that spirit's above him, and his pants start yeah. coming. That's yep. what that's what that's the picture I get when I read this story about the naughty nurse. Right. Anyway, I mean, that it's it's a funny story, but you know, there's enough of them that have experienced this that you know, hey, it it's uh it made the list. So uh, right. So yeah, I mean that's that's definitely something that would be worth uh worth going to the basement for. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> if there's any reason to go to a basement, that's right. Um, there's another patient that's there. Um, she's an elderly lady that doesn't like females and will typically tell uh, a female visitor to go away. Um, you know, and, and just particularly females. So, um, so yeah, I mean, a, a lot of things are, are happening in the hospital. Um, you know, just from the routine stuff to crap, it's, you know, downright scary, you know, and I, when I was reading some of these, I was kind of like, okay, this is, this is one of the scariest places we've investigated. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Um, but going, going from the, the ghost that, that you're, you're typically going to encounter when you're there, there's, um, you know, like I said at the beginning, the, the hospital now is, is owned by, uh, a ghost hunt operation. Uh, well, it you know I think officially it's it's owned by by a physician, but the the managing company is is this ghost hunt uh, group, um, and so they're 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 bringing all these all these people in and all this stuff and they're having all these experiences. They're caretakers that have been there that live within the hospital, okay, and the doctor that is the official owner has allowed people to come in and use the building. Um, you know, he, there's, there's, um, there's an old car in there that the doc shoved in there. He had had it worked on. I think it's like a Porsche. Yeah. Um, he had it worked on. They couldn't get it fixed. And he just shoved it in, into the hallway in the hospital. He's like, if it fits, it's going in, it's going in there. And, uh, you know, just pushed it in there. And and it's still there. Yeah, been you know, there so for ten years. You walking down the hall of a hospital and go, "Hey, there's a Porsche sitting here." Yeah. Um, there are pews in there. They said there's an area that they call the chapel. It's not necessarily a chapel. It's just where a local church asked the doc, "Hey, can we store some pews in here until we can move the church or sell them or whatever?" Still there. Yep. You know, nothing ever happened to him. You know, so you know he's let people use it as a big storage facility, but he's also let people just reside there. And so there was a gentleman there that was some some say he was a caretaker. It, you know, the the reality is it sounds like he was just uh, essentially a vagrant that uh, that the doc let live there. Um, but his name was Jim. And there was another fellow that lived there with him named Evan. And they actually had an area that was, you know, like almost like an apartment. You know, they lived there. There was an old antique store that was in there, um, and that's kind of where where Jim and Evan lived. And there's still evidence of where they live. I mean, Jim died, I think, in 2009 is what they said. Something um, like that. Jim actually died in the hospital. They came in and they found his body. And um, according to the uh, the ghost hunts people that that manage the facility, his ashes are still there. 
because they don't know any of his family. Right. So they've been trying to contact the family about his remains and haven't had any success. And they're still there because yeah, apparently there was a name change and they can't find. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had changed his name. Yeah, you're right. So they've got this guy's ashes in the haunted hospital. Right. What? I mean, what do you think that's going to do? Oh, right. That's like yeah. a daggum lightning rod. Yep. That's just inviting this guy. Hey, man, hang out here. You right. Know. Let's just keep this guy around. There's about 47 ghosts that live in here. What's one more? We got right. plenty of room. It's an old hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, there's a lot of activity around Jim's area. In fact, um, there's EVPs of investigators going down there and hearing things like uh, Jim's place, uh, Jim answering questions. You can hear his name multiple times. Um, but the story on, um, on Jim and Evan was that they were both kind of into the occult. And there's a, a waiting room there where they... They practice some of these things. No, no real specifics. So that kind of tells me they, you know, sat around and burned some candles and tried to talk to ghosts and probably had a Ouija board. And this was after the hospital was abandoned. They were living there. Right. So, I mean, it had its reputation already, you know, so, you know, they're sitting around, you know, having a little goofy seance, you know, uh, drinking some spirits of their own and, um, you know, trying to, you know, contact the dead and all that other kind of stuff. But, um, it's like occultism light. Yeah, you know. yeah, that's right. You know, occultism light. <laughs> um, so you know, and there's also a, a half of a recording studio down there where uh, one of the guys was uh, in a band and was trying to get signed out of a, uh, a record company in Nashville. And the doc wanted to support this band, and so he started building them a recording studio in there. And the you know the band fell apart. The recording studio never got finished, but what what did get finished is still there. You can actually see it. You know, so. I've been trying to talk Matt into us moving out there, and that be our <laughs> studio. Yeah, That'll can be you the, imagine? the the graveyard from now on. We might never get a clean recording ever again if that were the case. I'll just let you. I'm not a small town guy. So the idea of moving to South Pittsburgh, you know, as, as pretty as it may be, I don't, I don't necessarily want to live there. It's a nice place to visit, So, but it's just too small. Right. Um, but that's me. Um, so we, we've, um, we've kind of talked about some of the names, uh, of the folks. We, we've talked about some of the specific locations. Um, one thing that I hadn't touched on is the, the geriatric unit. So the geriatric unit, again, on the third floor, this third floor was bigger than the rest of the hospital, apparently, because um, a lot of stuff was up there and there's a lot of activity up there. Um, most of the investigators that have gone uh, into the hospital, when they get to what was the geriatric unit, they all describe this feeling of, I'm not supposed to be here. You know, there's there's some energy there that is telling them, yeah, you should probably go away. Um, in fact, there's, uh, there's been reports of rocks being thrown. One report even says a lead pipe was thrown, which, you know, that would take a lot of energy to throw one of those. Yeah. I mean, you know, that you think about, you know, how heavy a lead pipe is and, you know, we're talking about, you know, ghosts have barely got enough energy to move a balloon. Right. But something's hurling a lead pipe 
you know, 15, 20 feet. That makes you wonder if it's a spirit or if it's some other entity. Right. So, you know, and, and we've kind of, we've kind of touched on this in past episodes about what the difference would be. You know, not everything is just a ghost, you know, you know, we're talking about, you know, the, the spirits of, of people that have died there, died on the land. But when we start talking about, you know, a shadow person being there, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting into an area where something is not your garden variety ghost. Yeah. You're moving in the realm of demonology. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, 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 and demons don't need your energy or inner or any energy from anything else. They have their own. Right. You know, and if you, if you've researched this and if you believe in this kind of stuff, um, you know, demons pretty much do what they want to do. They're not, they're not, if they're not feeding on your energy, they're feeding on your fear. Right. You know, so, um, you know, that kind of gives the, the South Pittsburgh hospital an even more, um, eerie, scary quality that you may not be as safe walking around in that place as you think you are. Yeah. You know, especially if there's something strong enough to throw a lead pipe. Yeah. You know, which, you know, that, be, it'd be it'd be cool to listen to. I don't I don't want to, you know. You you can sit back and listen to me talk about it, but if if a lead pipe just come flying across the room, <laughs> like, hey folks, I gotta go. Yep, that, <laughs> right now. I mean, I'm I'm cool with the you know the spirits and you know of past loved ones and all that and people, but as we've discussed before, demonology, Satanism, all that stuff. That's not my cup of tea. And when you get into that, I'm not. I'm not down. Yeah. You know, look, you know, ghost, demon, whatever. Hell, if, if Adam got up here and threw a lead pipe across the room, I'm leaving. Right. Flying right. lead pipes, Matt's out. Now I know how to get rid of you. That's, that's <laughs> When we're that done recording. Exactly right. <laughs> I, I let the cat out of the bag, yeah. you know. You were wondering what that lead pipe in the corner was, wasn't you? Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the EVPs. Um, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier on in the episode. Um, you know, the EVPs are are so prevalent here. Uh, that's why it's called the EVP capital. In the hospital, there are there are marks on the floor that have been left by past investigators to give indications of what places are most active. Um, usually, that activity coincides with multiple EVPs. Um, and you know, we've explained what an what an EVP is. But I'll I'll do it again. Uh, an EVP is uh, electronic voice phenomenon, and that's where a voice that may be inaudible uh, to the human ear can be picked up on a recording. Um, so these folks are down there. They're using digital recorders. They're using video recorders. They go back and watch this stuff, and they hear answers to their questions. So they're not necessarily hearing these things um, when they're asking the question or while they're there. I mean, that would be a disembodied voice. Right. That that would be something actually speaking to where you could hear it. These are the things these guys are walking around and they're saying something and they're recording it. And when you get back and start going through all your footage, you, you can hear the answer. Um, but, you know, we, we've talked about a few of them. 
um, you know, the get out, you know, the get the hell out of my hall, right. the help me's. F um, off. Yeah. Um, but apparently there are so many, I mean, there are actually recordings of multiple EVPs in the same recording. So you take a 10 second clip and there's multiple voices saying different things, you know, almost as if they're responding to one another. Right. You know, they're, they're playing off what one spirit has said and spoken. Um, a lot of, a lot of moans and a lot of, uh, you know, be quiet. So you, you hear a noise, you hear a moan that's on an EVP and then you hear another voice respond with, um, you know, be quiet or they're not supposed to be here. You know, those are some of the ones that I've heard. Um, so, you know, that alone to me would be a cool reason to, to, to go there. Yeah. Just, just to try and find, you know, some of these recordings, um, even if it wasn't in a response to a question, you know, just to, just to hear what goes on in there. Yeah. And if you're um, going to get an EVP, that's one of the top places around to yeah. collect an EVP. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's the EVP capital. Um, you know, there's, there's, I, I couldn't even count, you know, there's no way to even listen to them. All. Right. You know, there's, you know, there's websites from investigators with, you know, uh, MP3s of all the EVPs that they've collected, you know, go, go listen to some of that stuff. Go watch some of the videos, you know, be your own judge. Don't listen to us. You know, we, we know what we hear that sounds legit. We know what we hear that sounds like, eh, that's somebody off camera, you know, yeah. being funny or, or whatever. Um, but then, then we, we kind of go into the disembodied voices and the, the movements, um, you know, when you can audibly hear something speaking to you or screaming like Hazel, um, there, there is, uh, there, there is some evidence that has been collected where people were really agitating, you know, some of the spirits that were there and, and they responded, you know, appropriately, um, with audible, leave, you know, audible, get out, uh, large beds moving around, you know, doors slamming, um, you know, people knocking and getting, you know, heavy knocks in response. Um, you know, that's, that, that kind of coincides with the, the, the fellow that was, uh, you know, experienced the, you know, quote unquote attack, um, where, these investigators are going in here to really try to stir things up. <clears throat> Doesn't sound to me like you'd need to do a lot of stirring no. up you know, and I, when you go in this place. That wouldn't be something I'd want to do either. You see people go into places and provoke and you know, I'm not I'm not gonna risk that. If you you know, if you wanna come out and talk to me in response to a question I have that's great, but I'm not gonna taunt you, I'm not gonna provoke you because like we were saying before, it may not be a ghost. It could be a demon that you're provoking, and then you don't want that. Right. And you, you don't want to drag something home with you. Right. And, and you know, Adam and I have had conversations with people that were paranormal investigators about taking something home. 
you know, getting getting followed home by something, you know, this would be the place. Yep. And you go in there and act a fool and you get something that decides it's going to attach to you yep. and you go home and lead pipes are flying right. your house. You're right. like, I didn't even have any lead pipes. Where'd these yeah. come from? Yeah. Well, they followed you home because right, you acted an ass dumb. in the South Pittsburgh hospital. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this place is, is really, really cool. And I, as Adam said, I, I really kind of started digging in and, and trying to find some of the absolute coolest stories, um, that I could find. And, and, and some of the scariest ones, um, you know, I, Adam, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about so much, um, you know, tonight about this place. It, it I think if, if there was going to be another place in Tennessee that we were going to try and, and really do um, a big-time investigation, this would be the place to go. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think we need to go ahead and get our name on the waiting list for, <laughs> yeah. uh, for somewhere in the future, wherever we can get, and it doesn't matter. And... You know, we'll take the recording equipment, we'll take the EMF, and, you know, we'll spend a, an evening or two there and see what happens. Um, but we thank y'all for joining us for the Old South Pittsburgh Hospital episode tonight. Um, we know we were off last week, and we appreciate you coming back and joining us again. Yeah, absolutely. And let us know... Um, like I said, there's there's so many stories about this place. If if any of you listeners have got stories about um, the town of South Pittsburgh or about the hospital or you, you know a little bit more or you've heard a really cool story about somebody that's been there, uh, let us know. I mean, we would we would love to hear it. Uh, it might even be something that we we share on our Christmas episode. Yep. Um, that but, would be cool to tie it in. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, you know, this place is, is local and we've got a lot of folks in, uh, you know, local to, uh, to Tennessee and, you know, Northern Georgia and Alabama that aren't too far from there, um, that, that might've actually been, or that know someone that's been, we'd love to hear what they experienced. You know, we, we, we want to know some of this stuff firsthand. If you've collected EVPs, send them our way. We would love to hear those too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but while you're, on the interwebs and you're sending us emails, uh, go over. And if you haven't give us a rating on iTunes, leave us a comment. Um, iTunes helps out the absolute most, but do it on any of your podcast providers, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, tune in Google play. They all help because they all get us more visible to anybody else who hasn't found us yet. Right. And, and remember, leave us a rating and a comment because it makes us easier to find on all of these podcast formats. Um, so it brings more people into the graveyard. You can find us on Facebook. It's uh, at Graveyard Tales Podcast and, and join our Facebook group. We, uh, we try to keep it active. Uh, you know, we're, we're posting stuff in there, you know, almost every day. Uh, we want to get some conversation started. We want to hear what you think. You know, we don't want to just talk about the show. We want to talk about the stuff that we talk about on the show. Yeah. You know, we want to know your experiences. So so join our Facebook group. Um, and if you're on Twitter, uh, you can find us um, 
and I hate this. Just go to Twitter and search Graveyard yeah. Tales. We've got the craziest Twitter handle I know. because of Twitter. Twitter, they've got a character limit, and apparently Graveyard Tales or Graveyard Podcast is just too much for them. Yeah. So, But if you search Graveyard Tales, you'll be able to find it because that's our name. It's not our at, yeah. but it is our name on there. And just remember, if you tweet us, Adam's going to tweet you back because I don't tweet. Yeah, Matt's not a tweeter. I cluck like a chicken. Right. But I don't tweet. Yep. But you'll get me, and I'm fairly active on there. I try to post updates on our upcoming episodes, and I retweet a lot of other people's stuff, and I just hang out there. So hit me up. Yeah. So uh, uh, thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, I believe that's a wrap. Yep. We look forward to seeing you back next week. See you soon.